Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, dude. Hey, how are you? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm good. It's freaking hot as hell out here, though. Uh, it's cooling up in New York, but uh, we got a good show <laughs> so today. Hot. Allie Brooke from Fifth Harmony is on the show today on the podcast platform. Uh, she's got a new book coming out. She's got a new movie coming out. This girl's busy as hell, yeah. so I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to her. I mean, damn, Fifth Harmony is a huge-ass group. Very big. Huge. Like, it, if you would have asked me if we had a Fifth Harmony member on our podcast, I would have been like, <laughs> nah, we can't get one. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> like, I, they were that big. <laughs> they were huge. Yeah, they were um, very big. Hey, Dax, I want to go, before we get to Allie, I yeah. want to talk yeah, to yeah. you about Joe Rogan and Spotify. Have you heard what's going on over there? The Spotify employees are pissed about, Why? like, some of the, 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 the some of the, I guess, stuff that Joe Rogan talks about on his podcast. And the, no, I, this first I'm hearing of it. No, so apparently, like, they're kind of pissed that some of the, I guess, some of the guests that Joe Rogan's had on the podcast. So they're trying to hide some of the content. And they've been not putting some of those episodes on Spotify. So the Spotify CEO is like, yeah, no, we're putting that stuff out there. But apparently the Spotify employees are really pissed off. You haven't heard about that? No, what are you talking? What, what are they mad about? I don't understand. I guess they're just really offended by some of the guests that Joe Rogan's had on the show or some of the content he's had. So yeah, what- but hello, Spotify's paying him like a hundred million dollars. Like know. you want the crazy people, you want these psychotic folk that are gonna bring in traffic, right? I mean, that's at the end of the day. Sorry, but Joe Rogan is. He's kind of supporting Spotify at this point, right? Well, yes. And here's my thing is I'm like, I'm thinking more into this. I'm like, this sounds like Spotify trying to get publicity for themselves of having Joe Rogan on their network. And they rather throw the fire themselves and just say, oh, yeah, some of the people are pissed off. And, you know, free speech is sort of like a uh, it's kind of like a weird subject right now. So I feel like Spotify on purpose put this story out to the news. What do you I think mean, about that? that? Just I, to I put some attention on themselves? I think, well, we've talked about this a million times, is that even people shitting on your show is better than people not talking about your show. Yeah. Right? So I've seen it time and again, people put out these leak this information to the press, even if it makes your station, your show, your person look bad, because it gets people talking. Exactly. And that's all you want. You want more people tuning in to be like, oh, what is so bad on the Joe Rogan show? I need to tune in to listen to how terrible this is that people hate it. And then all of a sudden your viewership goes through the roof and bada bing, bada boom. So I'm going to release a story that you are saying some filthy, filthy things on this show. And I don't want to be your podcast co-host anymore. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to get all these people tuning in being like, oh, my God, what is he saying that's so bad that he, his co-host doesn't even want to co-host with him anymore? Yeah, well, here's the thing. We are still, we uh, we are the number one, it is true, we are the number one anti-Nazi celebrity news podcast in America, and we thank you guys for the support. Um, As two Jews, we claim this title. <laughs> that, no, actually, we've been we've been told that many times. Like People come up to me on the street, like, you guys are the number one anti-Nazi entertainment news podcast in the country, and we appreciate that. We love that. So, uh, thank you guys. Uh, bef- before we get to Allie... Um, we run one of the easiest contests out there. All you got to do is leave a review on iTunes or Stitch or wherever you listen to the podcast. Give us a five-star review and give us uh, – give us write some good words about us. And if you do that, you can win a prize. Thanks to our friends at Sun River Botanicals. They are one of the top CBD, CBD companies out there. They got these topical creams that I use. Um, they got stuff to help you go to sleep better. I mean, I just started getting into the CBD world, and I got introduced to them, and I love their products. So I'm so happy we're partnering with these guys at Sun River Botanicals. Follow them Adam's on Instagram. Adam's over there Instagram. bogarting it all to himself. I like how you've been getting some, but you haven't sent any to me. Dax, That's cool. D- give me your address, buddy. I'll send you some. <laughs> uh, but we can send you some. They'll give you uh, $360 worth of prizes. All you got to do is leave a review on our iTunes page. Dax, 
Who's the reviewer this week who's getting a prize? All right, reviews are up, and I got one from Turning Dreams Into Reality, and uh, the title says, Hollywood Insider's Dream, hands down the best podcast for taking listeners into the raw, uncensored world of Hollywood. Dax and Adam's years of unparalleled professionalism and passion for Hollywood shines through in each episode. That was a really nice one. That made us sound so yeah. professional. Yeah. That was a I, are they listening to our podcast? Yeah, right? I was just talking about anti-Nazi stuff. Yeah, great. Uh, but make sure, uh, what's your name again, Dex? Uh, this is Turning Dreams Into Reality. Turning Dreams Into Reality. DM me on uh, social media at Adam Glenn, and I will make sure you get a prize. Dex, tell me about our guest today. Yeah, yeah. So we, uh, you know, we've talked about fifth harmony before on the podcast now we actually have a member so we have our guest today is an accomplished singer who has been very successful being a member of the group fifth harmony but also as a solo artist and now she can add author to her resume she's releasing this new book called finding your harmony dream big have faith and achieve more than you can imagine we have ali brooke on the podcast ali it's exciting to have you it's a big time for you, you know, very exciting. Obviously, you got you got your first feature film you're working on, but also right now you got this book, which I'm sure you're so proud of. I feel like it's one of those things where when you're able to add author to like your resume, it's just such a cool thing. Like growing up, you're just like, oh my God, what, who, an author? Like, I just think it would blow you away. How does it feel to be now known as an author? You're so right about that. It's pretty awesome and crazy like I just can't believe my book's right there my face and name and my story it's it's amazing it's such a an honor and a gift for me to be able to do this and to share my story with the world and share most importantly who I am and my heart and my family you know this is really about them and giving them that spotlight all they've done in my life my parents and their influence and impact and how they've completely changed my life and always believed in me. Um, that's what I think I'm most excited about is for people to really get to know my family and my parents and how they paved the way for me. Yeah. I want to know what it's like because obviously I don't have a book, but I got to imagine the moment when the publisher sends over the box and it's got your books in it and you know your books are in it and you cut it open and you're like, what is this going to be like? What was that moment for oh you? Oh my gosh. It was incredible. You know, like, just knowing all the blood, sweat, and tears that I've put into this and those moments that I almost was like, I don't know if I can do this. This is, you know, it's it's a lot to go back into some of those amazing moments, but also some of those hard moments. And, and there's just so much that you put into it. You really put your soul. And to have it here, like I was talking about this yesterday, it's it's really wild and something special you know, that you have had a vision in your heart for so long. This is like three years, over three years in the making, and it's now here. It's incredible. I'm very proud and excited for people to read. Very cool. I got a weird question for you. Do you think anybody could be a singer, or is it just something you're born with? Like, as a person, like, you're a trained singer. I don't think I could sing, but can someone actually be trained to be a good singer? Ooh, I think, yeah, if you are born with, like, being able to carry a note <laughs> for sure you can always like refine yourself and and be better and you can definitely get training to to strengthen that um i feel like maybe some people love singing and love music but don't love what comes with this crazy territory and, and business so i think there's so many different factors i don't think anybody could just be a singer because then <laughs> we, you know just like yeah. i couldn't be what about those people like me who love singing but don't love what comes out of my throat? Let's <laughs> <laughs> hope for you, man. We'll I'll beat you with the best, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I can sing good Hebrew, but when it comes to like actually singing lyrics, it just doesn't come out well. My, I, I'm telling you, I sounded like Michael Bublé when I did my Haftorah, but when I did, uh, you know, when it comes to singing like real music, it's terrible. <laughs> Maybe you should just stick to that 
<laughs> All right, so let's take a quick break. We need to talk about support for the Hollywood Raw podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Adam, you ever cut your balls while trimming up, buddy? <laughs> yeah, that's uh. <laughs> That's such a ridiculous question, but it's actually a very fair question. I have. I think a lot of guys have. If you, I've been trimming ever since I've started getting hair down there, and I've used everything. I've used blades. I've used the buzzers that you use for your head and for your face. And I'm telling you, I've, I, I'm pretty marked up down there. It looks like a <laughs> hockey player down there. But uh, to be honest with you, dude, ever since I used Manscaped, I have like textbook testicles right now. It's beautiful. They hooked us up, and... It's a good product. I like it. And they're a third-generation trimmer featuring a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin-safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. And one of the coolest things is because they actually sent us these trimmers to test out. They're waterproof. So they've got this waterproof technology that allows you to groom in the shower. It's really dope. And one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. So there you go. You can trim in the dark. All right. And if you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Adam, tell them what the offer is. Get 20% off and free shipping with code Hollywood at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code Hollywood. Your balls will thank you. All right, where were we? Uh, so I remember watching you on X Factor back in the day. I want to know what was it like doing the audition for a show like that? Because I, you know, we talk about on this podcast, like, what it was like getting on these shows because everyone saw you on the show and have seen like you know what it's like to become the singer but what's it like before you become famous and to get that audition and how stressful that is that's what i think is fascinating yes oh my gosh so um a lot of people probably don't know that before x factor i was pounding the pavement and chasing a dream since i was 12 years old i started singing at nine and for three years or whatever, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. yeah, three years. <laughs> um, I was singing around my hometown, and then um, at 12 years old, I got this incredible opportunity to go to L.A. and to meet casting directors and agents because of this amazing actress named Dana Barron. You know her from Vacation as Audrey, and she, I mean, was one of the people who changed my life, and so from 12 for many years, so like six years or something like that, um, I was in recording studios trying to perform everywhere I could, you know, on the street corner in front of like two people and then like 40 people and, and sometimes to really nobody at all. And I was doing everything I could to pursue a dream with my parents, with so many sacrifices and crazy obstacles that, that came our way. It wasn't easy. And then to go from that to X Factor, oh my gosh, this is my big break. It was insane. Um, so I open up in the book about how I didn't want to do the X Factor audition. My mom encouraged me. She was like, Mama, you know, what do you have to lose? Just go out there, let's see. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm scared of failure or rejection or, you know, just messing up in front of millions of people. I, I don't know if I was ready for that. But my mom just kept encouraging me. And then, bam, I did it. And my whole life changed. And that audition specifically was crazy because, you know, I'd been on thousands of auditions before. And I always was nervous, but kind of like honed it in every time, at least tried my best. But this audition, my dad said that he's never seen me that nervous before. Um, so it, it was it felt like at the time, you know, this was my one shot. Who knows what could come out of this? This is in front of millions of people, in front of Simon and all of these judges, Brittany and everybody. It was crazy. And feeling that moment was a lot of pressure, of course, but also so exciting. And I had to go out there and and shine, you know, in the best way that I could. And that day was like such a special day because of obviously what what happened and it was the beginning of so much for me but I was very 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 disappointed with the way they edited my audition because they made it seem negative when it really was so positive so that was really hard 
was knowing that, wait a second, my big break is not what I thought, you know? And the yeah. magic shattered when I saw it on TV and it was so hard for me and my family after that, but things turned around, obviously. Yeah. Did you audition <laughs> for like American Idol and why, or like what made you choose X Factor, not American Idol? No. So that's a funny thing. I had never auditioned for anything before as far as like any reality TV competition shows. But my dad and I had watched the first season of X Factor and thought it was really cool. And we loved the new elements. You could be over 30s and you could be in a group. And it was something really fresh that we hadn't seen. But I never thought of auditioning. But because my mom heard, hey, like X Factor's coming to Austin, which is just an hour away, why don't you audition? It was really my mom who had this instinct to tell me to do it. And you know me, I was like, no, mom, no, and was super, <laughs> like, just not about it. I was scared, honestly. Um, but then I submitted my online audition, which changed my life. I said a prayer. I was like, God, if this is meant to be, please let it be meant to be. But if it's not, close the door, because I am so fine with you closing the door. Then he opened it, and then I got an email just days later saying, you're invited to the auditions in front of Simon and all the judges on this day. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So I know you had a pretty interesting experience on X Factor. You were eliminated from the show, but then brought back on. I'm just curious, how did that conversation go down? Like, how did they tell you we're bringing you back? Ooh. Well, they literally, I think they, they aired it, literally, you're there and you're crying your eyes out. You're devastated. You're thinking, this is the end of the road. I was thinking, this is the end of the road. What's next for me? I have no map plan. I'm, you know, at a crossroads in my life. Am I going to go to college and, and kind of try to do something there? Completely devastated. And then literally, um, we were waiting because I think they told us to wait um, you know, for people to come and get us and escort us out. But uh, we were all outside. And then that moment, we were just waiting and devastated. And then they called us name. Literally, they were like, everybody attention. We need the following people back. And I prayed to God that that one of those people was me. And it was. And it literally was like, you can't even imagine the <laughs> roller coaster that felt like in right? like few hours <laughs> so you know but so you guys were formed as a group and did you guys know each other a little bit or you know obviously in that group became fifth harmony but did you guys know each other at all or what was it like like all right we're gonna make you guys into a group did you were you friends was it competitive right away or like what's the vibe like because they make you kind of become friends like hey okay we're gonna put you guys together you guys are now friends like oh guess what you're gonna Conquer life together and the your dreams. It's crazy. Um, so, no, at first, well, we had met each other during the auditions. Sure. And I said hi to everybody and met as many people as I could. Um, but it was so intense, the days. I mean, it was back to back to back competition. You know, the producers pulling us left and right and us having to be ready on our feet for anything. So that was... That was hard. I didn't really know them before. Nobody knew each other before. And of course, in the competition, your mind's just like, I just want to survive this hour and this day. Um, so no, we really didn't get to know each other. That's a lot, a lot of pressure, pressure, by the way, on a, on a young, young kid. kid. You know, you know everything, everything that's going on. Like this whole story, they're telling like, man, if I was 13 years old and everything's going on, like that's a lot of pressure on a person. It's a ton of pressure. You're you're absolutely but the cool thing is, and I, I put this also in my book, is that um, what they did not air was one of the boot camp rounds. I was in a group. Um, I was in a group, and they they didn't air it, but that was kind of like super cool that that happened, and then we got eliminated and, and that. But when we got together, when we got formed, we were just like, hi, everybody. Wait, so was the, was the boot camp group... The, all of you guys was that like the initial formation of Fifth Harmony? Is that what you're it saying? It was um, different people in each group, but it was still like okay. super crazy. That I don't know. Maybe they were looking for groups. You know what I mean during yeah. that. Oh, Simon! Simon knows what he's doing. He is absolutely trying to form groups. A hundred percent. Yeah, and so maybe he was seeing that. I don't know. 
But um, then, you know, that all happened. And when we got formed, we're just like, okay, we got to hi, everybody. Let's make this happen. You know, this is, it was crazy. And that's the crazy part is because you guys didn't win. You guys came in third place. Am I right? So at what point are they like, you know what? Even though you guys came in third place, you guys are the one. And then Simon says, I'm going to work with you guys and make you guys stars. How does that even translate? How does that transition go? Well, it was really cool because during, you know, X Factor, there was no denying that we had a fan base. You know, we had people who loved us. And even, you know, being in the competition and going outside, I mean, people, we had so many fans, like, in a hotel room and whenever we would go out, come up to us. So you couldn't really ignore that. So I had a feeling like, gosh, they must do something with us. We're too good. I was like, you know, we have something special together and unique. And I know that it's translating. I feel it. I feel that we're, we have such a huge fan base. And there were whisperings, you know, that Simon was going to, you know, take care of us or, or we, we were going to be okay no matter what. Um, so I held, I held on to hope. And then they told us at the rap party, Simon in LA, that we're going to sign you to a joint deal. And we just screamed and celebrated on the finale night. That was incredible, you know? So this thing... Yeah, is Simon pretty hands-on when he signs a group? Is he like, you know, there making the decisions? Or is it kind of his record label? His team that kind of handles it. Yeah, it's kind of a mixture of both. I feel like in the beginning, he was more hands-on. And then, again, we also were with L.A., so in the beginning, it was kind of both kind of figuring out how it was going to work. And LA, uh, Simon did have a lot of say and input. Um, and then so did Epic. And it was kind of a back and forth. But a lot of it was his team, you know, because, of course, he has a million different projects and groups and artists that he works with. Yeah. But he was hands on for a lot of it. I would say more so the beginning towards the end, not as much. Yeah. So what was, you know, obviously things are going crazy at that time. You know, I, I remember because so Dax and I were both at TMZ at the time. So it was just crazy that, you know, your songs were hits. You guys were stars. Nice, y'all. It's so funny because I'm like, totally <laughs> watch them on TV. Not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so cool. <laughs> but we remember just doing stories about you guys. Like, man, like it was like out of nowhere. It was like, and it was very kind of social media inspired like this was one of the first groups that social media really made a big impact on a music group so it really started to blow you guys up and what was that moment when you realized like i made it like was there one point where you're like man i'm in the game dang well on the show getting that recognition getting those fans i knew something crazy was happening and something special which was so awesome and then afterwards, when we, uh, I think it was like January or post-X Factor, when we were starting to do our appearances after the show, you know, we had fans everywhere come up to us. And then really, once we had our first like single come out and our music starting to come out, our first records, I saw it. I saw the, the fans go crazy. I saw the lines that were waiting for us. I saw the tears. I saw the... Um, hysteria you know and i i knew right away like this is something special and then when um and, and then when we had our hit it was like explosive there was no stopping us we were unstoppable what would you be doing if you didn't make it as a singer listen i know you got your book now so you're an author but like let's let's imagine that audition didn't go as planned and they said nope you're not coming in here yeah what would you be doing today I would still be chasing my music dream, without a doubt. I, that's the one thing about me is that I'm a fighter and especially I love music so much that I would, I would have to have figured it out and man, <laughs> thank God that I didn't have to. I, uh, yeah, I mean, if I literally didn't have a voice, like if I couldn't sing or whatever, then yeah. I would do something with like children or, um, with animals, um, Maybe be a, a teacher, a music therapy teacher, definitely a writer in some way. Something still in the creative space. I'm just curious. You know, we hear a lot with the music industry. What was the the label? What were they trying to mold your group to be like? You know, were they trying to make you guys your age? Were they trying to make it sexy? That, that's such a good question because you hear about all these groups that 
are molded? So I love that question. Sorry to interrupt. I just like no, that question. is such a good question because I mean, gosh, being in it, I know how they are, and um, it's crazy because at first they do. I mean, they own you in your life literally. <laughs> you sign a contract and and you kind of have to do what they say and especially in the beginning you know us finding our success and our footing they have so much control they um controlled the music they controlled our image um they controlled the records um i believe some of the lyrics too they would kind of have a say in what direction we wanted i think at first i remember it being more kind of like we were not trying to be by any means but you know we were inspired and I think the label was inspired to be almost like the female One Direction and have those really fun awesome empowering huge monster pop records that were more like um more so straightforward pop and we tried that out and you can you can hear that in our first EP and I loved a lot of that music and by the way a lot of the unreleased stuff I believe was still some of our best work and some of it got leaked and the fans loved it um, but I always wondered what would have happened if we went more that way. But um, then the ANRs came in, you know, after we kept recording and stuff, and and said, um, this one ANR in particular said, like, no, you guys have grit, you have power, you have voices, you gotta use them, and you guys can be edgy. And then it kind of started molding into a little bit more of who we were, because we were, well, even though everybody was super young, I was the oldest one, you know, I was definitely an adult and a lot of them were, were under, yeah, 18. Um, I think it was still us being, you know, having something to say, being empowering, um, being like sassy and fun and flirty. That's what began to take shape. And that's what, who we were more of that. And then that's when those records started to form like worth it <laughs> and work from home and all that um but you know you don't have a lot of control in the label it's it's a crazy game yeah well you have you know you grew up with very strong morals you know come from a religious family you know you have your own personal morals that you hold yourself to high standards was it ever a conflict of interest for doing some of those kind of music that like man that's not who i am like it's and that's a difficult part because you're in a group and like some other girls could be like well that's who i am so was it ever a conflict of interest for you for sure um you know, a lot of the music I felt really comfortable with, a few songs and lyrics. <laughs> I, like, now I wish I could have changed some of it. I totally believe in being, like, you know, a woman and being sexy and being powerful and empowered. You can see that even in my own solo work. I think that's awesome, and we should feel empowered to do that. But, you know, everyone has a boundary and lines that they're comfortable with. I wish I could have changed a few lyrics that I sang in Fifth Harmony. But, you know, overall, um, yeah, you kind of, you know, it's not just you. You have to think of everyone and the group and the label has opinions. And, you know, at the time, I didn't really feel comfortable voicing my opinion. I was very a people. I was very much a people pleaser. So I'm like, listen, I don't want this to go wrong. And especially in the past, I did try to speak up with different issues and it was just met with so much opposition. So I learned to silence my voice in a way. And I learned from that. And, you know, towards the end, I got a lot better. And, you know, I am so still proud of our work and our music. And it was so fun and empowering. And, like, they were just good records. Like, if you hear them, they're just really strong songs. And it's awesome that those songs will be played forever. <laughs> so my, my fear, so me being a father of a daughter, I feel that you getting into this industry when you're young, I would be nervous about putting my daughter into an industry because you hear so many shady stories about these industry executives who abuse their power. And that would freak me out not having the control. Did you ever have any bad experiences through this whole situation? Oh, yes, unfortunately. And I write about two of them in my book. And one of them, so there was a lot going on um, in the group. And I was I was dealing with a lot at a certain point, And I had um, asked for outside help and advice, you know, kind of desperate, like, I need help, you know, please give me advice on what to do here and how to get through this and how to make everything better. And I was really, I didn't have much, much hope in me and much, much life in me at this point. So I was really looking for help, right? 
And then this um, music executive, you know, he's like, yes, come meet with me. I can help you. And then um, when I went, he was like, oh, hey, you know, he gave me a thong. And he said, oh, you look really good in this. And I was just completely hated wow. and shocked and disgusted. And I didn't feel like I had any power to do anything about it. Because sadly, at that time, you know, people heard about these things but really didn't do much. People weren't being um, held accountable for their actions. And so I just felt like so helpless and and alone and just the searing humiliation and I get even afraid, you know, because at the time, what could I do? You know, I was just small girl in a group and all these people had this power. And then this other um, executive who was in my label, he, uh, he didn't think that I was cool for whatever reason, maybe for my, I don't know, from my faith, but obviously I'm, I am cool and I was part of an amazing group. And, um, you know, I, I held my ground in, in that group and I feel like I never really got in the way, if that makes any sense of what we did. Um, but besides one instance where I did hold my ground and said, hey, I'm not comfortable with this. And then everybody kind of, you know, that was the last call. But this person, he didn't think that I was cool for whatever reason. And he made that clear to me. And he told me to do something that I was uncomfortable with. And I was just, again, that feeling of humiliation and being alone. And it's someone who's in your label and who you feel like has so much power and control of your life. And at the time, I already felt like I was losing my voice. You know, I wasn't being like represented, if that makes sense, fairly in the group. Um, and it was just those kind of things that are so unjust in this business. And I felt like it was time for me to be brave and open up about that to show people that this does go on, but you don't have to accept it. And I can't imagine how many other women and and guys have gone through this and I felt so alone. But now we, we live in a different time where that, you don't have to fear that anymore. The, these people are held accountable for those actions. And I'm happy to say those people have kind of taken care of themselves. So, Where, where did this guy, was this in his office? I mean, how did he, no, how, how is he able to do this? It was at a restaurant. Can you believe that? And then there was another time that that same person invited me to his hotel room. And that's when I didn't reply. And I never spoke to him again. I, re I knew where that was going. And no, absolutely. Wow. Do you so know if any bad. of so your bad. other... Um, any of the member of the groups had interactions with like that? Do you guys ever congregate and talk to each other? Like, man, this, this stuff, are you guys having issues? Like this is, shh, there's some weird stuff going on. Weird stuff. Oh my gosh. I don't know of any, like as far as that topic goes. Sure. Um, but there's a lot we went through. There's a lot. There's some crazy stuff and bad stuff that people do to you and try to take away your power and your voice. And, um, and your value. And um, what I've learned is that you don't have to take that and you, you can take a higher road and I'm doing everything I can to prevent anyone else from going through the same thing and feeling like they're trapped and alone and scared. Um, but the thing is, if I had a, a daughter, one day I hope I do, <laughs> I would understand. I mean, me going through it and there's so much more that I have been through that I I chose not to share. I don't think it's the right time. Um, but it is scary. I would be like, oh, my gosh. I don't know if I want her or my son, whatever, to be in the business because it's it's frightening, you know. And the other the other thing about the music industry that scares me is drugs. And drugs because you see so many singers get wrapped up. And I don't know if it's just because drugs are so readily available to everyone or it's just like that's the band life. But like Amy Winehouse, uh, you know, I, I mean, it just, I could list off 30 different singers that were young and died because they got into the wrong hands. Someone offered them something once. They said yes. And then next thing you know, it like spiraled out of control. That's right. And I have been offered that many times. And I was like, no, you know, I'm good. No, thank you. And 
I choose carefully who I surround myself with. And I'm really, really thankful to my parents because they taught me at a young age to watch out for that stuff. And they're always there to guide me and to kind of say, hey, I think something weird's going on there. Be careful with that person. And of course, sometimes you have to learn on your own too. And I'm sometimes I can be naive or I try to look, um, look at the positive side of people. And I've learned many times that sometimes you just can't ignore the signs that you're not supposed to be with someone uh, as far as like, you know, friends or association or even working together. Cause I've seen how those sadly don't end well. And I've been burned by a lot of people in this business. Um, but just always keep your, keep your guard up. And I feel like you'll know when, when people are, are lying to you or trying to get you to do something that you're not comfortable with. And I was, and what age are we talking? Like someone would offer you, you know, let, let's say a drug. What, what age would that have been? Um, I was probably like what, 19, 20. Um, those years of, of the harmony, those kind of like prime years. Yeah. And it's like, no matter what age it's, it's okay. Yeah. Cause I've, I know many people that, um, sadly have, have, passed away from that and many friends who had dear friends and it's horrible it's a horrible it's a trap you know and um that's why I think it's so important to be there for your friends and if you see someone hurting to try your best you know it's not always easy I've been been through that before but um just being there and being kind to people, because I'm telling you, like, even online online bullying, like, I've taken a huge beating for that during, you know, my years in the group. And um, it, it, it can crumble you. It can completely deteriorate, deteriorate your soul. And that's why I'm always trying to tell my fans, like, guys, be kind to each other. I'm trying to put out as much positive messages and also be real, too, at the same time and acknowledge when I'm struggling. Because it's important, you know, and these kids need to know that you're not alone and you don't have to go through this alone. Why do you, why do you think most singing groups don't stick together? And, and not necessarily just Fifth Harmony. It's just this has been a thing in, in the past. You know, you could talk about NSYNC. You go, all these groups always have that fall apart eventually for the most part. Very few kind of stay together. Why? It, it, it feels like there's always one or two people that want to go solo. Why, why don't you think more groups stick together? Well, I think it's awesome that, well, I love Little Mix, and they've been together for, what, I think, like, 10 years now, and it seems like they're just going to always be together, and I think that's so beautiful, and they have a wonderful sisterhood, so that's a great, rare example of people staying together, but most of them, like, gosh, like, 99% don't ever. (laughs) Um, I just think certain factors get in the way, you know, some have really great, you know, send-offs where they're like, you know, it's all time and some are not as easily, you know, as easy of a transition. I don't know. I think this business is... Do you you think there's managers and agents that are whispering in people's ears like, you could make more money without them and that essentially starts to break down the foundation of a good group? I, I think so. There's a lot of, you know, in this industry, there's so many people in your ears and especially the the more successful you get, you know, and um, I feel like we all kind of had those moments of, of that and people trying to tell us things and tell me things. But I was like, you know, no, not not right now. We have so much to do and I'm very committed to this group. I'm the mom of the group. I'm the big sister. Like, I can't. Um, but, you know, I just think, yeah, like a lot of things just kind of get in your way and get in the way. And, you know. It's just different for everybody, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, when you guys were like a group, were you guys like, were you guys talking like, hey, guys, we're going to, we're all going to have to end this pretty soon. Like, did you know that it was going to eventually, I, I think you're back your head like, hey, this, we're not going to stay together forever. I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe you thought you were. Um, but did you know that you guys were eventually going to break up and how that all go down? Well, I think that for me, like, well, I think everyone knew that one day we're going to part because we started off as soloists so there's a huge chance that you know we're going to go back to that and everybody obviously had a solo dream which is great and nothing wrong with that at all but um so towards the end and I write about it in my book I I get pretty candid 
I was definitely really sad. <laughs> I was not prepared for it actually at all. So we had a, there were several conversations that were being had. And then, um, then there was a group conversation and then it was decided, um, by most everybody that, you know, Hey, I think it's time to leave. Uh, I think it's time to move on to the next chapter. And there were other factors too. We had heard that, I think we had heard through management that our label was not going to put out another album. So we were like, how are we going to put out music anyways? We could have gone to another label, but you know, not everybody was on board because obviously that's not guaranteed. And well, I'm sure who wouldn't have picked up Fifth Harmony, right? <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it's battle, you know, and it's, it's a lot of work and um, kind of just a big mountain to climb. So I was, I was really sad and I, I was the last on board, but I had to respect it, you know, and everybody has their own personal feelings and their own journey. And I was not ready for it. I was really sad. I made that clear, but I also was like, you know what? I have to respect it. And I wish we could have squeezed out more juice of the lemon, but <laughs> I'm so proud of what we did. We did so much together. We broke records. We brought millions of people together and happiness through our music, and we still do. And that's all you can ask for. And then shortly after I got, you know, through my emotions of, ah, I'm, I'm not ready yet, it, it turned into complete joy and excitement for finally getting to pursue the dream I've always had in my heart, which was become a solo artist. Like, that was magical once I got to that place in my mind. Yeah, because that's got to be nice that you don't have to go and ask a bunch of other people their opinions. You're like, this is my reputation. This is my image. Now that I'm displaying, I don't have to worry about what you guys think. Totally. It's so it's so freeing and liberating. And and, you know, there's so many cooks in the kitchen for Fifth Harmony. I mean, my gosh, there were times that I just felt completely out of control. And I I deal with that well and I open up about that um in my book so it was so nice to have a clean slate and a fresh start and be my own artist and my own CEO and empower and leave everything behind in a way and start new I got a new team I totally transitioned into just Ali's world and it took a long time but I found my management and my agency and my label and everything, although it took a lot longer than normal and I had I was faced with so many rejections that were not part of the plan and, and were very hard to take everything like that changed for me and it was beautiful. And I can't believe I'm literally standing here today telling you about my story and my book and Atlanta <laughs> filming and all this stuff. It's incredible. Well, Camilla was the first one to leave the group. Was that a shock to you guys, or uh, were you guys know that was were you expecting that to happen? Um, well, see, with my book, I don't get into that. Um, I kind of wanted to focus on the positive, so that's why I kind of didn't say much. Um, gotcha. But obviously, it was a difficult transition in different ways, but at the same time. It was really exciting to start fresh, you know, as the four and do what we did. And we were able to write and have a new A&R team and um, do some really incredible things. So that was awesome. Here, That's what I do. Here, I got a question for you on the positive side. Will there, do you think there'll ever be a chance where you guys work together? Even if this is like billboard music awards 2025 they do a reunion could you guys see all five of you back up on stage together Ooh, i don't know i think anything is possible because we've seen destiny's child come back together you know for a, a one-time performance we've seen in sync come together for a one-time performance i want to see it with fifth harmony well you know what you you may see that who knows i don't have the answers. I don't know what's in the cards. You're killing it. You're, you know, you're, you're doing really well. well. Last, you know, before we move on, do you still keep in touch with the girls from the group? Do you guys talk? Well, honestly, this past few years have been crazy. So we don't get to talk as much. Um, I think everyone's just kind of doing their own thing and, and so busy. And life's kind of pulled us all in, in different directions in a way. 
but it's still awesome to see everybody shine and thrive and you're like wow she's killing it here and she's able to do that and you even see in their music like I remember talking to the girls and this person liked this type of genre and this person like that and you see it all kind of come to life in, in everybody's work and I think that's amazing and we like like each other's pictures when we can and support each other online so you can see that um but that's really fun and I'm glad that everybody's like finally getting to do what they want you know it's, it's I think it's fun to see people go off and just have these enormously successful careers I mean you've been killing it you've been doing t songs with Tyga and Afrojack and all these things okay so Adam and I have talked about this before because we are so dumb when it comes to the music industry we have no idea how do you how do you even like connect with other artists is that just something like you're in a club and you're like what's up Tyga let's uh, let's do a song together or is this managers that know each other like how does it happen well, it kind of depends. Like some people, like you meet along the way and you're like, hey, we should do a collab. Um, and some, you know, you're like, oh, reaching for this person, hoping they connect. With Tyga, it was, um, so Craig Coleman was like, hey, I think we could get Tyga for this record. And I was like, you're kidding me. Like that would be huge. Um, he had an amazing year. Taste was like one of the biggest records of that year. And that would be huge for me, especially for my um, first solo single coming out. Um, but so when that happened, that was the label kind of reaching out. And that was awesome. And then Afrojack, I believe he reached out to me for all night. And then it ended up that, well, we never met each other, which is so funny. Like we've seen each other online and texted and stuff. That's the part that's crazy to me that... You guys have never met each other, but like, hey, let's do a song. I can not I don't know how that even works. <laughs> it's super cool though because it's like, I mean, he's not even in the same country. He's in a different country, and it's so cool that we connect. And I feel so connected to him because we've done several records together, and I know how much he believes in me and uh, appreciates me as an artist and my voice. And when I did All Night, I fell in love, and I had been a fan of him for years before that. So that was so crazy that like that world just kind of collided and it was a whole big circle. Um, and we've done several records together. We've done that. And then um, a new song coming out later this month called um, What Are We Waiting For? that I performed on my own tour earlier this year, but it hadn't been released yet. Now it's going to be released in like two more songs. He's just awesome. I want to do an Afrojack Alley um, album <laughs> or EP. That'd be dope. Do it. Do it. It'd be huge. <laughs> yeah. So you've got author on your resume. You've got singer on your resume. Now you have actress on your resume. Right now we're talking to you. You are, you are, where are you? You're out Atlanta, is it? Filming? I'm in Atlanta filming um, my very first movie and it's called High Expectations. And it's, it's amazing. Like I have to take a breath every day because I had dreamt of this for so long. I had been signed to um, a child agency when I was 12 called Coast to Coast. And so I've been auditions for so many years now pursuing that kind of more quietly. And I finally got a role. And in fact, they pursued me. They were chasing me down for a while. And I auditioned in Miami in uh, February. I think that was, yeah, February. And then I landed the role and now we're here. And it's even more meaningful that we're shooting in these crazy times, you know, and I'm, I'm blessed enough to be able to say I can, I can work, I'm going to work safely. That is incredible. And just this whole project is beautiful. I love my character. I love the story. It'll, it'll make you well, cry. Well, let me ask you this. Did they find um, you, you Did they from you? So they were chasing you down. Were they, so they, they were chasing you down. Were they, did they see you on like, Dance With hey, The Stars? Hey, we really like her. We want to do something really like her. We want to do something with her. You know what? I have to ask the producer that. I want to know myself. So he just kept saying, he's like, you're just exactly how we thought you were um, on your interviews and on Dancing With The Stars. I have to ask him what it was um, that kind of led him to think of me because it's, it's, an honor and an amazing thing and a beautiful story. Um, and I'm just super thankful. Like I adore the cast and the crew and what the story is about and the message. And I'm so proud that this is my first film 
is something with such meaning and depth and a road to redemption. It's incredible. Very special. What's it like working on a movie set in the middle of COVID, though? Like, is that... Is it tough? I know that you haven't filmed other movies, but I got to imagine it's tough because there's so many people that work on a movie and you've got makeup people and hair people and everyone's like normally in your face and now they, I'm assuming they can't be so Yeah, close. it's so true. Well, there's very strict, you know, um, I don't know if it's, this is the right word, COVID laws or uh, restrictions, but basically, mm-hmm. you know, we have to wear a mask at all, all times, even in hair and makeup. Of course, unless, you know, you're doing makeup, you are allowed to take it off. Everybody around you has to be um, distanced. Everybody around you has to have masks and a visor on. And um, even while we're blocking and rehearsing, we have to wear our masks. And then the only time we can take them off is during filming. So, and everything's sanitized. Um, our whole trailer, you know, all of our trailers are sanitized. Um, it's. Are you guys getting COVID tests all the time uh, too? I forgot to mention that. <laughs> we get it three times a week and. The good thing is I love the nurse. She's very, like, <laughs> she makes me feel comfortable because obviously that test is not the most comfortable, um, but she makes me feel good and relaxed and she gets the job done and we've all been working safely and um, healthily. Healthily. Is that a word? Healthily. I should... We kind of know what you mean. We know. What, I don't know if it's a real <laughs> word, but we know what you mean. <laughs> um, but it's awesome. You know, we're, we're doing it. We're pioneering this and... Uh, we're going to continue until our last day. <laughs> How is it like dating for you? You know, what's your as a celebrity, what's your dating life like? Well, I mean, I'm glad you asked. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> just chasing me down, DMing. I mean, I can't keep up with all the hysteria. Just kidding. First of all, I want to commend you. I love your mic. It's really cool. It's just random. Before you ask that question, I was going to say that. Your mic is great. It's total old school. It's, it's so karaoke. I stole from a karaoke bar. I don't know. As an artist, um, I don't know. I feel like it's mm, it's interesting, if that makes sense. You know, you got to, I don't know. You just got to make sure everybody's motives are correct and people are respecting you and especially me and, and my family and my values. Yeah, but how do you do that? Because you never know. Like... Does this person like me because I'm famous? Do they like me because I have money? Do they like me? Like, how do you even get to the well, bottom of that? Well, you kind of just have to have to spend time, you know, with people and, and kind of be around them and um, just open up, you know, and kind of use your, your own little instincts and um, get help from your friends, too, and say, like, is this person okay? Um, but I found that people are super nice and respectful of me and my values and and um, I think that's awesome, but I know it's you know, it's a crazy business, and you know people aren't always truthful, and people sometimes just want I don't know like a, a quick fling or whatever, and you just gotta be your best self and kind of put yourself out there, but still guard your heart and kind of let whatever is meant to happen happen. And that's also with friendships. I actually feel like the hardest thing is finding friendships. Um, thank God I have my peeps now. I know a lot of people, obviously. But like having those people who you can call at 3 a.m. when you need help or you need prayer, you need advice or whatever. That's Those are the type of people that you just got to continue finding. And it's almost like an interview. It's like you just keep interviewing people. Um, but it, it's, it's unfortunate because I have had like, my heart broken by different friends that I thought I could trust, but they ended up not being people that I could trust or they ended up just wanting to use me for certain connections or contacts. And that was hard and sad, but thank God I finally years later found my friends. I know the peeps I can call and family's always number one. So that's a blessing. Thank God. <laughs> so, you know, from what we're hearing, uh, I guess what we're reading is more that you're saving yourself for marriage. Is that true? Yes, I put that in my book and I uh, opened up about that and I was brave to share that, you know, and um, that's something that I I hold dear to my heart and I hold still to this day. And I was really happy to be able to share that with my fans and my readers and to show them what the choice that I made and just have them receive it however they want to receive it, you know, but being my Letting my true heart shine was the goal of this book. 
How does that affect your relationships or dating? Um, well, you kind of just be, I don't know, just kind of be yourself. And I share that and either they like respect it or not, but everybody has respected it, which is awesome. A lot of people respect the things that sometimes you're like nervous to share, which I've learned like, hey, just tell them this or or speak up for yourself. And and most of the time people will respect it, you know? I have had those moments where people would make fun of me or question me and be like, yeah, right. But I just have to, you know, hold that in my heart and, and know my truth and kind of just let that be that. Um, but it's awesome feeling that respect. You know, I've never felt any pressure and, you know, that is the great part about it. I feel like that's a really good way to weed out people that would be there for the <laughs> wrong reasons. I mean, you know, like, hey, if 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 you're into a serious relationship and you want to make this last, like, I, I, I think it's really commendable. So good for you. I appreciate you. <laughs> so what are you looking for in a guy? <laughs> um, someone who's respectful, someone who's kind and funny, um, someone who loves God, of course. Um, and someone who just has a, a good heart and a good spirit, like that's the most attractive thing. Um, those kind of like basic values that we all, all want. We just want someone who's, who's nice and love, loving and loving and loving and lovely and who can make us laugh and, and be there through the good and the bad. So my last question for you before we let you go, I want to know what is the one thing in your book you are most either nervous or anxious or excited about people reading like what chapter what part of your life are you like all right this is a big deal wow. well um one of my favorite parts is talking about my my grandpa who passed away and the reconciliation that my mom and my family had with him before he he uh died and that to me if you you just read the whole story. It really changed me and, and my heart. And it just changed my perspective on life and on God. And miracles do happen. And I've seen it. And it leaves you changed. And I just want people to read. I can't wait for people to read that story in particular. And also, I just can't wait for people to see, like, how my faith has helped me in everything. And through all the trials and the heartbreak and the, the damage that this business has done to me and uh, opening up about, you know, my virginity and then also opening up about body shaming and how that affected me and all the doors that were shut in my face to, you know, my uncle being healed of cancer and all, all of the crazy things in life that I've, I've gone through in both my personal life and this business. That's what I'm most excited for people to read because that's the most meaningful to me. And I hope that people can, see you know whether they're chasing a dream or just trying to survive life is that you can survive it you can overcome things that you don't think you can I've had those moments where I was like on the floor crying saying I'm not going to get through this my life will never be the same or never be where I want it to be you know and really truly thinking that it it's horrible but you can come out on the other side victorious and your life is really just beginning that's that's what I want people to see in this book, and especially during these dark, you know, crazy, uncertain times. Yeah, well, uh, I'm excited for this book. Where, where can people get this book? How can they get their hands on it? Because it's called Finding Your Harmony, but where is this? Is this an Amazon purchase? Is this a website purchase? All where are they it. getting so it? So you guys get the hardcover, and it's on Amazon. It's on HarperCollins. It's uh, available at your local bookstores, Barnes & Nobles, even the indie shops, wherever books are sold. You can get this, and please get it. <laughs> Finding your harmony, dream big, have faith, and achieve more than you can imagine. Allie Brook, what exciting. It's an exciting time to be you. Obviously, congratulations with high expectations. Be on the lookout for that movie with Kelsey Grammer, and, uh, and it's a really cool cast. You're awesome. Thank you so much, and keep doing what you're doing. Thanks, man. I love this. Thank you guys for having me. You guys are so much fun. <laughs> Allie Brooke. She was great, dude. Cool girl, man. Nice, good energy. Uh, it's crazy because it's just like, this girl did it. She made it, you know? And she had a, She's had a big career already. I mean, 
you cannot downplay how successful Fifth Harmony is. Fifth well, Harmony was, was crazy. It's crazy huge how big it was. Band. I love hearing those stories, though, just like how nervous she was waiting for that audition and how, like, you know, essentially she she was a nobody walking into that X Factor audition and walked out a part of a massive group. But, you know, the, the one thing that I took away from is I don't think we're going to get the Fifth Harmony reunion. No, I don't <laughs> I know. Don't think it's, it's happening. These girls are so busy. I mean, I feel like they've all like you could say they all went to solo, but they all went in such different directions that it's hard to kind of put them back together. Yeah. Um, but, you know, who knows? Maybe I wouldn't say no, no time soon. But maybe but like but then it goes down like what if Normandy or Camilla play the Super Bowl in five years? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the, you're almost obligated to bring up Fifth Harmony, right? I mean, that's what people do. They want to see that that group come back together. So yeah. I'm not saying never, but I wouldn't say just, just might not be I wouldn't for say a while. anytime soon. But I thought it was interesting that, you know, she was eliminated from X Factor. They brought her back on. They put her with a group. They put her in to make this super female group, and then they don't even win the show. But they still knew there was something there. We're like, we're gonna make these people the stars, and that's oh, what we've they seen became. that time and time again. Like, not the winners of the show always are the biggest stars. I mean, look at Jennifer Hudson. What was she like? Fifth place on American Idol. Yeah, the girl's like biggest star out there. Has an Oscar. Has Grammys. Like, you know, it's almost. I think it's almost a detriment to win the show sometimes because you're locked into so many contracts sure. by winning the show. Yeah. That when someone sees you're talented and you don't win, you're not locked in as much. For sure. Uh, but thank you guys for listening. Make sure you like and subscribe uh, to our stuff because if you do, you could win prizes. Right now, we're giving a huge giveaway from our friends at Sun River Botanicals. Follow them on Instagram and make sure you leave us a review. If you leave us a review, you could win a $360 prize from them. You get some good CBDs. They're the number one company out there when it comes to the CBD products. You can find me at, at Adam Glynn. You can find Dax Holt at, at Dax Holt. Find us on TikTok. And we'll see you later. A Huda Media Production.